You're listening to Big Sore Naturals. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. 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 When I'm smoking greens, cause I'm on your team. When I smoke the sea, cause I'm such a fiend. High as a kite, smoking Walter White. When I smoke the blue and I smoke the purple. Smoking on the blunt, cause I wanna run. Smoking on the green, cause it makes me lean. Smoking on the ground, I smoke and scream. When I hit the blunt, it's a click of cut. When I hit the blunt, I get fuck. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. Hello, pay pigs and prayer warriors. We're doing a little mini sode today Wait, for all of you. Let's not call it that just in case it's long. But what makes it, okay. What okay. Makes it mini is, is not so much maybe the length and more like the amount of time that it's going to take from us recording it for it to come out and also the amount of time between um like the events in question that are are prompting uh the the episode Mm -hmm. the yeah uh, but you know we're gonna get there in a second um Mm -hmm. You can read the title. You might have an idea of the topic of this mm-hmm. episode, but I think for some good uh, background on ourselves and our expertise in um, discussing this issue, uh-huh. Kendall, would you describe yourself as a, a upper middle class, the one percent? Um, is there like something in between the upper middle class and like the ruling class? Are you in the ruling class, not in the one percent? Like, where are you? Um, I and why am I think I am in the petite bourgeois. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> would that would that would that that's like between right? Like you would you would say that is that between between what like like upper middle class and like one percent. But yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, the, yeah, like yeah. the ruling class is like somewhere in there, but you could be in the one percent and be the ruling class, um, or you could maybe be like, you could be regular bourgeois and be in the ruling class uh, mm-hmm. if you're just really bad at managing your money, but like yeah. <laughs> you're the governor. That's that. Like, there's, that's well, probably like, I'm, someone I'm not, out there. Um, my issue is that I I am not a governor. Um, yeah, but you have oh, access I... to the. I mean, not that the Kennedy family is like really making decisions these days. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would say that you're like, despite your Kennedy family ties, you're probably not mm-hmm. ruling class. Um, just because no. they're not really ruling class. My um, Kennedy Kennedy family uh, sixth grade social studies teacher did not win her local election that she ran on, on, on the strength of uh, her Kennedy family ties. Kennedy? Yeah. And she ran against a guy who like, um, like was really like picked on and like made fun of by everyone because he defected from the Democrat party to like say how cool Trump was. And it wasn't so much like, that people thought that he shouldn't have done that. Although that was the case too, but even the people that like, where pro-Trump in my area thought that it was kind of like, what's the politically correct word for like bitch made? Phony? No, no. Phony is not the same thing. Bitch made is like, like Mm. you're weak. Like you're a little weak coward. Mm. Like, Oh, okay. But but even more like it's meaner than that. 
Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he, like, I don't know, he was he was yeah. a Democrat and then, like, switched over to being a Republican just so that he could stand next to Trump and say how cool he was. And it's like, that's not, like, it's not, mm. it's not powerful. It's not projecting I mean, the only other strength. One- and he's still and the won. only other one I can think of. Yeah, he's still the won only over other the Kennedy version. Yeah, so I think that, that you're not L, you're not L. ruling class due to your mm-hmm. Kennedy family ties, but perhaps you have connections in other ways. Um, that yes, I don't if you did listen about. to the last episode, if you did listen to the last episode, you would know. Um, I've known for a long time. I, well, specifically, you would know that more recently I had access to the Kennedy family cryogenic chambers. I I was fully healed from my dressage horse incident. And it's so therefore, so glad, so in glad some to have ways, you back. I, I missed you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was hard thank you. I re- without you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I kept wondering, oh, I, my my friend, <laughs> my, and more importantly, my my co-host is dead. Um, how will I make content in the future? How will you go on? Yeah, it's hard for me. And then I came, and then I came back, like much like Goku. Um, was this the first know, time you died? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Okay. Um, I will say, you know, as a, as a form of expression. I have lived many lives. Is there like a cryogenic, were they all alive? Were they all dead? I don't know. Cryogenic chamber punch card at the Kennedy family compound. Like there is, and if you get enough, you do get a free uh, frozen yogurt. They're, they they're still really into froyo yeah, over there at the Kennedy I know compound. That you suffer from the um, like very common Kennedy affliction or like allergy, I guess is, is the word for it where, you know, you step into a car and your head just explodes. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, not that's why always, I can't drive. Not always, but you know, it's, it's like, like a gluten intolerance where it's like, you don't uh-huh. you do it too many times or you get too much of it. Or sometimes it's just like the wrong product like and then like you have that reaction so why why risk it why take your chances Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's why i i only have my learners yeah do you ride your horse (laughs) everywhere and then you fly private oh everywhere everywhere baby (laughs) (laughs) but you know in some ways i have gotten closer to the we have both gotten closer to the kennedy family i think than taylor swift has in some ways. In some ways. You know? In I, some ways. I didn't vote for my social studies teacher either, but <laughs> mm. I mean, I didn't vote for the other mm. guy. I just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess like we've calibrated our scale um, uh, mm-hmm. with like uh, who, where the petite bourgeoisie, ugh, oh my God, can't mm-hmm. say words, but. We calibrated it. We know where that is now. It's you. Mm-hmm. It's right. It's you right there standing next to your dressage horse. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me where working class begins and ends? Uh, like maybe like what's the dollar amount for when someone stops being working class? And is it the um, exact amount of money that Starbucks starts their employees at? <laughs> Wait, Wait, is Starbucks the end or is Starbucks the beginning? The end of yeah, they, that's okay. Starbucks is not okay, working okay. class. Maybe um, <laughs> if if that's what you think, um, if, if that's something I that you want to, 
something that you want to okay. say. You, I'm just wondering. You're just, leading. <laughs> these questions are so leading. You're like a you're like a man on the street <laughs> guy who goes like, uh, "Excuse me, why are women thoughts?" Yeah, <laughs> like a leading question I that already has a conclusive answer. That you, and you're asking me to agree with it. <laughs> I am literally just asking you, like, you know, what? Where's where's the working class shoe? Where's that? Can you just. <sighs> The working class is anyone who goes to the dentist and gets a bill for $200 and begins to sob. That's I'm going to stop you class. right there. It is not working class to go to the dentist. And I know that because, like, I only just started going. Um. Okay, to be clear, like... <laughs> I'm thinking like an emergency dentist. Like you are in so much pain that you go to like one of those like uh 24-hour emergency dentists. I had to do that. They I didn't was... even know that they had those. Oh, they have those. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. They you don't you don't get to go to the regular emergency room if you're having a teeth emergency. They make you go somewhere else. No. That's They really made stupid. me go somewhere else. It was very annoying. That's really stupid because what they don't the have the tools. Well, that's stupid but i think going to the dentist is a middle class activity um i know this because i was fairly recently put on to going to the dentist um (laughs) by by a friend of mine um when i said that the last time i had gone was when i was 19 um and that was only um when i got my wisdom teeth pulled out which okay Mm -hmm. i'm this is like um this is one of my like villain origin stories i think um where i didn't have any money and i had no dental insurance and i got my wisdom teeth pulled out no anesthesia um and I got all four of them pulled Omega out. Omega behavior, continue. It's literally alpha behavior <laughs> okay. because I was in pain and I was silent. <laughs> okay? And I didn't even cry afterwards. <laughs> I think that going under anesthesia is Omega behavior because it's like, oh, you can't handle the realities of life. Like, And then also they give you like that laughing gas or whatever. And I th- think it's definitely like Omega behavior to laugh. <laughs> Like I'm doing now. That's- yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not doing. And I'm also not crying. Um uh-huh. but uh it's it it is definitely a villain origin story of mine, I I think, because it was not fun. Um I don't recommend getting all four wisdom teeth pulled out with no anesthesia. Mm-hmm. It hurt a lot. Um and then I had to go straight to work after, so I didn't like take the painkillers that um they gave me um this was back when you could still get painkillers from going to the like the doctor I know that they don't do that now because they want you to be like even more upset and they're afraid that you might do drugs about it but like come on you just get four teeth taken out like let let me have let me have the big drugs it's fine we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. um but I couldn't take them because I had to to go to work and I was doing like pizza delivery. Um, so you can't drive on painkillers. And then um, to add insult to injury, my coworker, Matt, 
I, if I knew his last name, I would say it. He was also mm-hmm. a delivery driver. I had him get something out of my car for me. Um, and then he took my pain medication. Um, and then I came into work and I was like, Matt, Matt, did you take my opiates? And he was like, yeah, they were fun. I was like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you got me. I'm a little scamp. <laughs> I was like, I needed those. And he was like, for what? And I was like, I got my wisdom teeth pulled out. And he, and then he was like, you're crazy. You got your wisdom teeth pulled out and you, then you came to work. And I was like, yeah. And then you, you took my drugs. And, and he was like, yeah, they were fun. I love opiates. <laughs> I love getting high on opiates. <laughs> and that is what it's like to be working class. Um, if you're going to the dentist regularly, uh, twice a year, that's how much you, sh- you should mm-hmm. be going. By the way, everyone listening, that's middle class behavior, which mm-hmm. is like, maybe it's even upper middle class behavior. I'm not like, I don't know. It seems like dental insurance is kind of hard to come by, even if you're getting the health insurance from a and it sucks. employer. Yeah. Um, but I love, I love going to the dentist now, ever since I was put onto it. Um, the actual dental experience, not that pleasant for me. It's fine. Um, lighting is unflattering, but I feel really rich when I go, I feel very mm-hmm. wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the same feeling that you you get when you like um, go to the what's the grocery store in LA like Erewhon or whatever. Uh, yeah, Erewhon. That's how I feel going to the dentist. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. like buying like a like a nine dollar green smoothie and drinking it as a snack just for fun. Hmm. Well, we've established the lines. I just think it's important that people know, okay, also, like, that, um, so, like, working classes, um, however much money I'm making and less, Mm -hmm. um, and the bourgeoisie is $1 more than what I make. Okay. And they are, they are the oppressor. (laughs) Are you not up for a raise in November 6th? I might so will the yeah. line move. Yes, yes. When I get a raise, the line will move. Well, because inflation is a thing, uh-huh, uh-huh. which happens to just be the same rate that my raise will be. So that that's mm-hmm. when the working class uh, demarcation changes. But the I think the mm-hmm. final thing on this topic that I have to say is that I think that the best trajectory for being the the most well-prepared person for life is um working class like like dirt poor ideally to uh upper middle class and and um the reason for that is because then you have gumption which is important and you mm-hmm. also know a lot of like fun little cheats um but you are now rich, and so which is mm-hmm. great. It's fun to be rich, um, mm-hmm. and you can appre- you can appreciate it, and you're gonna have mm-hmm. fun with it. Because my problem with people that are like um, born middle class and they stay in it forever is they're always thinking about other people that are like making like five thousand dollars more than them, 
and Mm -hmm. they're always like oh like I wish I could send my kid to like the daycare where they get grades and the grades are like different shapes of trees and instead (laughs) like I have to send my kid to like a slightly less good daycare where they get graded in like uh, shapes that are like stars and hearts Um, (laughs) and they're like looking at their friend's boat and they're like, damn, I like wish I could afford a boat that is that nice. My boat is not quite as nice. Um, and it's just like they're not having fun with it versus like mm-hmm. if I got a boat, I'd be like, hell yeah. Get everyone come on my boat. Come mm-hmm. to my boat party oh, on my boat. You'd be having so many boat parties. Mm-hmm. I'd have a boat party every be... day. And if someone was yeah. like, oh, my boat's a little bit bigger, I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. well – why are you at my boat party then? Seems like my boat party's still the fun place to be. I don't care about your boat. <laughs> Not relevant information. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then and then if those people become like poor, they're even more insufferable, I think, because they they've had they weren't that far away from it to begin with that's that's why they were able to become poor but they've had too much of a taste of like that things could be a little bit different for them and so it gives them like very annoying superiority complexes like they're the the like they're your co-worker at the restaurant that thinks that they're like above working at a restaurant or like mm-hmm. they're, they're like oh, I'm gonna be out of here one day it's like no one wants to hear that like we yeah. all want to be out shut up <laughs> We are all watching the clock to be out of here right now. We don't need to hear mm-hmm. how, how better things are coming for you. It's okay. Be quiet. Um, and then, uh, like, like for real rich people, they're boring. Um, mm-hmm. So flat out, yeah. Like they yeah. lose, they lose there. And then if they're rich and they become poor or or like middle class, even it's like they don't, have, they have no skills. Um, they can't do things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever tried to, like, like a genuinely, like, super wealthy person, like, have you ever tried to, like, watch, watch, watch them, like, wash the dishes? Yes. Like, they don't actually. Oh, my actually, God, it's so weird. They don't know how. Um, which they is, don't. They what? don't. Like, what level of They'll money like, do you need to have, bef- like, I where watched, someone is just washing all your dishes for you? Because I don't understand, like, how I you don't I watched a know. girl in college, a girl in college whose parents were, like, university professors at Princeton or something. And they made, like, a buttload of money. I guess they were also, like, delving into stocks or whatever. I don't yeah, fucking know. I don't think professors but, usually make that much yeah, money. Yeah, so they, they, they had, they they had be an assload of money. Like, they, yeah, it's either blue bloods or they were taking bribes or they were like doing stocks or whatever the fuck. We're all people, three. Those people do. She would take a plate like she after she was like done eating. Mm, yum, I'm so full. Like as she would take the plate, she would not scrape it into the garbage. She would take a sponge and just brush all the food off into the sink. All of it, the bones, oh, no, no, no. whatever. And yeah. then she would just be like, okay, I'm done. And like, there's just, now there's just food in the sink. Yeah. And College is like the wet. one, the one time where you get to see up close and personal, like how bad 
rich people are doing just like basic tasks and it's because they've like outsourced like any amount of responsibility that they would have to other people and it's also Mm -hmm. like the only time where they have to do any of those responsibilities like um until they can figure out how to bring maids into your dorm room um they've they've got to figure out some like Mm-hmm. competency mm-hmm. like self-sufficiency then um, i knew some people in college so funny some people at my college they would um instead of doing laundry at the college they would order a laundry service to come take their laundry and then bring it back Whoa. and i didn't know you could just do that like I mean, just bring like that a van you can, that is a thing but it's like i didn't know you could like expensive i thought that was like for i thought that was for people who live in like brownstones in like brooklyn well you can not live like anywhere and have lots of money campus. i guess so because <laughs> if you if you've got a lot of money to pay someone to do something like someone will show up that that would like mm-hmm. your money so you could pay people to do your laundry anywhere um but it's just like those people if they happen to um at some point in some way lose access to their big money maybe when their parents get um taken in for their fraud and all of their assets get seized they really like they don't know what to do and it's a it's a bad um position to be in because then you have no skills and you don't mm-hmm. even have the like the beginning of how to learn them and yeah um, the reason that i say that it's best to go from like poor to upper middle class and not like rich rich like you don't want to be like ruling class like one percent wealthy is because then you have no allies um Mm -hmm. and you're gonna be surrounded by evil people who will be plotting your demise because that's what they all do to each other for fun um and you'll have you'll have no one in your corner um Mm -hmm. so absolutely no one the best the best move if if you can do it is to be born poor <laughs> and then become upper middle class. Go to the dentist twice a year just for fun. Buy a boat. Mm-hmm. Buy a boat. Buy a boat. Not a yacht, a boat. Yeah. Um, to be clear. I, I, like, to be clear. Yachts are too big. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. do you, where do you Can even you park buy from? a yacht if you're upper middle class? I don't know. I don't think Probably. so. I mean, they're like the same price as a house. So I think that okay. you could perhaps buy a yacht, but then you would not get to know like vacation house for you. But you have to be pretty, you know, pretty, pretty wealthy to have You know, like car even. rich, house poor. It's like yacht rich, house thing? poor. Who is car yeah. rich? Car rich, house poor means that it's 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 a thing where it's it's not even it doesn't even mean they're car rich. It means that they um like bought a very expensive car, um like on a like on a predatory loan, and they you know live in a studio that kind of thing. Like oh, like a, a guy okay. who bought like a Tesla and spent all of his money on it and decided that that was worth more to him and his lifestyle than like his housing. You know what I mean? Mm. That would be like that, but for a yacht. <laughs> but you could live in a yacht. You can live in a yacht. But I don't but think you're living I don't in a yacht I... and you're like eating top ramen. Yeah, I don't like, think that our would listeners be, that would should, be the scenario. They should not buy a yacht. Um <laughs> I okay, I'm gonna leave us with uh two uh hacks that you can do mm-hmm. that I you know that I learned as a as a poor um one 
you can eat all the food at the grocery store. I think more people need to know about this. And I think that it's a little bit harder, like during um, like our post, um, we now live in a pandemic world where hopefully you're wearing a mask at the grocery store, if not for your safety, um, then because other people do not deserve to see your face. But you can still like take fruit and uh, Mm -hmm. other produce at the grocery store and just eat it in the aisle and it's fine. Mm -hmm. And you will only have a problem if someone like working there notices you and is like, hey, are you going to pay for that? And then all you have to say is, yeah, I was going to. But Mm -hmm. they usually won't say anything. They're not getting paid enough to notice Mm -hmm. if you're stealing food. And and go go it. Go at really high volume times, also. Yeah, like, and then when you I, when I was have like free dinner, free breakfast. Yeah, free I used dinner, to go free breakfast. to the grocery store three times a day and just <laughs> like <laughs> when I didn't when, when I had like no no money and I mm-hmm. um, was just like well I gotta gotta eat something and so I would go to the grocery store eat as much fruit and as I could in in the little aisles. Um, Mm -hmm. see if I could find like a a ripe avocado and just go for that. Um, And then like go to the like bulk aisle section where the granola is and get myself a little bag. You you don't want to get so much that you have leftovers. You can't, you can walk out with groceries sometimes, but it just makes the game a little bit harder. Um, Also Whole Foods, another great place to eat for free. Um, What's another um, hack? of being broke maybe um hmm oh you like you should always sign up for free trials with like a what it what, like a prepaid visa that's got no money yeah, on it yeah which i think mm-hmm. everyone should be doing like all the time um i sometimes hear about people being like oh i um like I accidentally got charged thirty dollars because I didn't cancel my subscription to the New York Times, uh, <laughs> and you'll just you, you, I don't know I don't know how much it costs, um, but you you won't have to worry about that if you use a prepaid card um, uh-huh. that has no uh-huh. money on it. I steal stuff from Amazon that way. That you can buy digital goods on there with a prepaid oh, yeah. Visa card that has no money on it and then they'll send you an email later being like hey I'm a little you didn't pay for anything can you go back and pay for it and then I just delete my account I don't I'm a little Amazon sad we're money. not in yeah I'm a little sad we're not in lockdown times anymore because what I used to do because Amazon was like so overworked you know this is like this is kind of a slow a little bit evil of me to do but um I would get products and then I would be like oh, like, this isn't actually the product I want. And they would be like, okay, so send it back. And it was in the middle of lockdown times. And I'd be like, uh, I'm in lockdown right now. I have COVID. And they'd be like, okay, never mind. Like, don't send it back. And I'd get a free product. I don't think that that's bad. Yeah. It's good to yeah. get You're was, not hurting anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, it, me, it was the part of me saying, like, because they were so overworked, I took advantage of <laughs> yeah. that. And also... It's okay because you're not you're not hurting anyone with that lie. You're not making someone's yeah. like day harder. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's fine. It was also because like the like it was around the time that like they didn't want you returning things if you had COVID because then you could just spread COVID because you touched it. Mm-hmm. And you know like 
then they were like, okay, never mind. Just like, don't send it back. Like, keep it. And so I got free products um, that I didn't need. You're on some list somewhere at Amazon as like person that's oh, gotten yeah. COVID like 25 times. Um, <laughs> I think like really a I'm lot a of super my, spreader baby. <laughs> my my uh, my like poor people hacks are like food based. Like like mm-hmm. you can um, go to a bar or a restaurant. Bars are better, actually. I don't know if you can do this at a restaurant because it's weird to go up to other people's tables there. But I have found that um, pretty much any bar you go to, you can go up to someone and ask them to buy you a drink and some food and they'll do it. And then you get free food. And like, maybe you have to make conversation with this person, but you only have to do it for as long as it takes you to eat. And then you can go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you can hightail it out of there. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess you would have to keep track of the people who are in that bar every so often um, just to make sure you don't hit the same person twice. Because you can just be friendly. And then actually, then you can hit them many times. They can be the person whose thing is that they buy you food. (laughs) I had some of those. Hey, it's my old pal. (laughs) (laughs) It's my old pal mozzarella sticks. It's it's David, actually. I used to, because it was so, like, I don't know, irresponsible maybe, but I used to go on vacation with zero dollars and sometimes negative money, like, in in my account um, and on me. And, like, I'd just be like, I think I'll figure out, like, the whole eating thing uh, once I get there. And this is why I worry about us ever going on tour with this podcast, because your attitude when when traveling is... It'll all work itself out. And, and mine it is does. absolutely the opposite. It does work mine is, itself out. It will not out. work out. <laughs> the thing is, it does work itself out for you. But for me, it, it does not. <laughs> you need to have the attitude that someone is absolutely going to buy you food when you ask for it. And then, and then they'll do it because they're like, wow, they're really confident that I'm just going to buy them food. It would be weird if I disappointed them. Um, subscribe to our Patreon so that we can go on tour to Norway. Um, I'm very excited to meet mm-hmm. Norwegians. And um, speaking of Norwegians and people that look like Norwegians, um, Taylor Swift. It's been 30 minutes. Okay. We're liter- I'm like yeah. I'm literally spreading um, knowledge and yeah. I'm also raising class consciousness. Mm-hmm. And as a communist, <laughs> if that's what you are, um, I, am. I think that these sorts of discussions, um, especially as someone from your background, are discussions <laughs> that you should not shy away from participating in anyway. Um, You're right. Because You're right. we are, um, you know, just like so connected. Um, someone at uh, Big Machine Records that can't that cannot be where Taylor Swift is anymore. But someone at Big Machine Records, <laughs> they sent us her album. They sent us the new one mm-hmm. that's about to be out on the twenty first. And today, time of recording, it's the nineteenth. There's a very good chance that Kendall will put this episode out before the very 21st. Good. And so then you'll get to know a little bit about it before that album is out. If it's after the 21st, shut the fuck up. It's yeah, fine. I'm hoping that because we got to 30 minutes um, just talking about like 
um, different brackets of the economic class that maybe all of the Swifties have stopped listening at this point because um, they <laughs> got too tired I to be. <laughs> that they're still listening. I hope that we like um, that we lulled them into a false well, sense of security by educating them. Well, the issue, right, with them right now is that um, they're very upset at anybody who even listens to the leaks right now. Mm. They have been, they have been calling the cops on each other. They have been, uh, Damn, you they know, would be calling the cops. Creating, they, they've been creating long Twitter threads about how it is immoral to be listening to album um, leaks. Hello, and as officer. A copyright- <laughs> hello. Uh, there is a person on Twitter who has admitted to listening to an album. Can you help they literally me, please? Have, Can have you said, do a please? wellness check on them? They have they have been sit, making long ass Twitter threads saying like if you see a leak like report it to the record company like this is bad you should report you should narc on anyone who listens to the leaks or like spreads the leaks at all to the record company and so, I want to say as a copyright abolitionist we sh- yes you're a nerd yes. and you're a dork and you're stupid and that's so we- really. <laughs> We'll be talking a little bit more about copyright in just a second. And I think mm-hmm. uh, um, we will maybe be like sharing our thoughts on this album. Is it good? Is it bad? Um, in <laughs> in just a bit. But before maybe we move on to that, that section, there's something that I have to say, which is this is not just like, um, I guess, how Taylor Swift fans are treating this moment, but kind of like emblematic of the way that people have been involving themselves in celebrity events in the past maybe decade or so which is that um you guys really seem invested in your favorite celebrities making money and that's very weird to me i think that um we we used to be a people who um cared when our favorite celebrities sold out, just something that, you know, Gen X was really, really good about, like, being angry at. Um, and now, like, people not only are, like, uh, pleased when their favorite celebrity gets a brand deal, but they also will, like, buy up all the products in order to demonstrate, like, um, how much of a fan they are and also are happy to provide more money for this celebrity and i Mm -hmm. just want everyone to know that that is so fucking sad and pathetic um really and and if we as a people could recognize how pathetic it is um and not want to participate in it because it's like ugly like we wouldn't have some of the problems that we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about in just a second but before we talk about the problems if there are any, um, with Miss Taylor, uh, mm. Ashley Swift, um, <laughs> we have listened to the album. It's called Midnight, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's about 13 different midnights that Taylor Swift has lived through in her life. Um, I did not listen to the whole album because I found it difficult, but did you, did you listen I, to the whole album and then did you like it um did so you just like there it? were 
There were a couple songs that I listened to in full and then a couple songs that I skimmed through because I was really getting tired of Jack Antonoff's production style. Mm -hmm. Um, And those the ones that I listened to in full were Lavender Haze, uh, Antihero, Snow on the Beach, because it had Lana Del Rey on it. And I was curious. Um, Vigilante shit, which put a pin in that one. That's my favorite. Yeah. It's my personal (laughs) uh, favorite. And I did listen to Karma as well. Um, and those were the ones that I listened to in full. Um, so we don't know, do I like think... ratings out of 10 because I think no. that they're bad. No. Um, but like, how would you, how would you rate this? Like, did you enjoy it? Oh, did like you, the whole album? <laughs> did you like it? Um, oh. <laughs> well, you know, like what sort of imagery did it evoke for you? Maybe while you're gathering your thoughts, I'll say I did not like it. Um, <laughs> I thought that it was bad. Um, mm-hmm. I um, was most uh, astounded by how it does not sound like an album from the year 2022, but it doesn't sound um, like dated in an intentional way or like it's trying no. to like reference or evoke anything from different eras, which um, I'm not that familiar with Taylor Swift's oeuvre, but um, <laughs> like <laughs> it looked very like like from the the promotional photos and stuff that I got to see for it. Like I thought that she was going to be doing a bit of like a 1960s, like late 60s yeah. sort of um, thing, and I didn't expect it to sound like a 1960s album but i did expect there mm-hmm. to be some like references or like um easy to pick up on influences and it just didn't uh it didn't i didn't do that i was getting like notes of uh like lmfao um i was getting like uh, um who am i thinking of um i i was i was getting a bit uh Carmen, you know, Ooh, like yeah, 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 it's yeah, a bit, yeah, bit of that. Um, <laughs> um, notes of a uh, like early Demi Lovato, like mm-hmm. the first, the Camp Rock. I think, yeah, notes yes. of Camp Rock. <laughs> um, like it, I would say that it was both like juvenile and uh, extremely dated, like both both in its yeah. sound and also in its uh, lyrics, um, which was interesting. I also did not listen to the whole album. Maybe maybe it gets better towards the end. But I was thinking like, okay, so this is about like thirteen different nights, um, and maybe some of them are from when. T-Swizzle was younger and then others are from um, as she got older and like Mm -hmm. maybe the songs will mature in the order of her her aging but no they all kind of sound like children's songs well not children's songs but like very teenage lyrics Mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's very juvenile it feels like she has not grown or changed at all i would say the imagery it evoked for me is like i'm in the middle of a forever 21 dressing room um Mm. my mom is on the other side she is talking about my body with the clerk and i am very uncomfortable 
I'm in the middle of an Aldo and I'm looking at some really fugly bejeweled loafers. Um, yeah, just like it's, that. It's a, like, like you are um, on the internet. The year is mm-hmm. 2012 and you are going through We Heart It for <laughs> outfit infer- in, uh, inspiration <laughs> photos. And you picked a photo of a girl standing in the middle of the train tracks um, Mm -hmm. with her head turned down, like looking at the ground. She's wearing a floppy hat. It's black and uh, like black over the knee socks um, (laughs) with like some little uh, they would be called booties at the time. Yes, Uh, booties. Perhaps with a peep toe. And then um, she's wearing a black skater skirt, a infinity scarf, and a uh, oxblood bat wing uh, sweater. And um, that you, you maybe you don't know this, but that outfit photo that you found on We Heart It um, was taken by the the model in question in in the photo after they had watched an episode of American Horror Story Coven. <laughs> and that's what this Taylor Swift album is. It's not American Horror Story Coven inspired. It is yeah. a We Heart It outfit photo inspired by American Horror Story inspired. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I first want to talk, I do want to talk a little bit about like some of the songs, um, just yeah, like in terms of production. Let's talk about like, the songs. Let's hear, like, let's hear yeah. about it. Um, so like Lavender Haze is like the first track on the album. This is the opener. It's meant to hook me in. Um, like just as an aside, like this entire album feels like a stack of like discards from when she was like, just like shooting the shit with Jack Antonoff in like the recording studio in like I don't know 2020 2021 at some point when she like wasn't publishing music and these feel all like they were meant to be like the half finished they feel half finished like in their thoughts it's all like half-baked lyricism and the production itself is also just like like in Lavender Haze he's got these oohs that truly set me on edge <laughs> like they are they're so weird like i can't tell if it's because this is the leak and like maybe the other songs are gonna sound better somehow like i i'm wondering if it's like partially like audio mixing yeah. or audio compression but like i am not hearing it's so sparse in a way that like feels like it's meant to be purposeful but it sounds like ass and yeah. once again, Jack Antonoff is proving himself to be a one-trick pony, as I always thought. This fucking Woody Allen-looking motherfucker. He will not see heaven. <laughs> I hate Jack Antonoff a lot. And Lavender Haze in particular was a song that I think a lot of the... I, I, dare, I dare I even say the name. I'm, I'm afraid they're going to just materialize all in my fucking office Ooh. right now. Uh, Gaylers. The Gaylers were oh, we looking forward to, to this song. Yeah, we'll get to them. We should, we should get to, get I think to we them should, in a minute. We, I have, yeah. I, I have some more things, well, maybe to say about the, the album itself. Um, yeah. And 
maybe you know maybe like maybe it'll be better in a couple of days um I'm not sure if like I care enough to go back and check like if this is unfinished and like the final product will sound a little bit better like production wise but mm-hmm. something that came to mind that I think would be really funny um is if like Taylor Swift pulls like a like the Sonic movie you know and like really quickly like redo redoes it um because everyone thinks it's really bad um and it, it ends up sounding like something else um but mm-hmm. the song vigilante shit okay yeah let's, i think let's I let's think really put it on the is, table here i think that that's the song that kind of like that's giving me what the album is as a whole i think that mm-hmm. all the album's problems can can be found embodies- concentrated and distilled in this song um, I think it embodies who she is, like, fully. Yeah. She's a millennial stuck in 2012. You can even tell from, like, the promo video she does with the little bingo cage where she, like, rattles it around and, like, gets all the little numbers to put on the clock and, like, yeah. tells you a little bit about the songs. She, she she has this, she has what you would call the millennial pause at the beginning of every video where there's just this little pause where she doesn't know if it's recording yet and she's just, like, Hi, guys. <laughs> There's just this, like, tiny little, like, almost imperceptible pause that just, where she has this oh, dead-eyed I mean, stare. I don't care. That's fine. She, I think she it's, doesn't it's need fun. to know how saying, to use technology. I'm saying she's, she's, she's absolutely 100% a millennial woman stuck in 2012 and doesn't really, isn't I really see, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't care if she, like, isn't that good at, like, making videos, but... I do. I would like her to stop um, wearing makeup. That's that's 2012 <laughs> style. Just like I would also like to stop seeing AOC in that red lip. Like we gotta pack mm-hmm. it up. It's tired. It's over. No um, more red lip. No more. But also like that. This song starts with the feminist makeup tutorial ass line of like <laughs> eyeliner sharp enough to kill a man. As if that oh was not like the Tumblr text post that rocked the world. In that was the moment that I texted you and I said, "You have to listen to this." Yeah, you you need. I'm I know. Worse I know. Off. I'm worse off <laughs> like, for it. Um, but I think that it's like really to me like this is this is where the album is. This is where I understand what kind of like artist Taylor is trying to be at the moment, and it's like because. Um, I think because she she is like uh, a garden variety white supremacist. Like I don't think that she cares enough <laughs> about white supremacy to be like she's not going to meetings or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like you know makes her understanding of feminism like necessarily shallow. Um, mm-hmm. That it it will always like result in her being a few steps behind. Um, where the rest of the culture is like politically because mm-hmm. um eyeliner sharp enough to kill a man was was about a decade ago um mm-hmm. and then the the other lyrics in the song about like not dressing for women not dressing for men like it's just like um it's been said so many times um by other singers uh and and people like but like that idea has been like interpreted a few ways already in like other songs that it 
loses all of its punch. And that has been the case, I think, every time that she does a song that's like well, attempting that's, to be political, where it's just she like has a song you're in here. a bit too late to this moment, like where it doesn't even feel like you're trying to like latch on to a popular movement. Um as much as it is like you really like missed the train of when you you could capitalize on this but you're doing it again and it's another one of her songs where she tries to be political but also kind of frames it around herself like how um the gay rights song was literally just about how she gets mean comments this song anti-hero um it's all about like how she's kind of um she feels like the villain for everybody. Like it, it, it feels like a song off of um, Reputation. Like I don't know where she's still getting this idea that like nobody likes her. It's from me. Um, yeah, probably just like your psychic attacks mm-hmm. <laughs> every night. Um, but she has a line in it where she says, "Did you hear my covert narcissism, lightly disguised as altruism, like Bro. some kind of congressman?" Bro. Which is just like. <laughs> and it's it's a song about just like her getting like haters but then she kind of like slips in a little like ooh, i'm a little sassy you know like this hear. is about congressmen being bad but like not about specific congressmen not about a specific type like party just like yeah. i want to hear taylor it's like Swift saying like lawyers are <laughs> like featuring, bad featuring jack harlow Let's see. Let's make that happen. That's what I want. Um, now, I uh, hmm. I think that the last thing that I want to say about this album as like a piece of music is that Taylor Swift. I'm gonna look this up one, one more time. I'm pretty sure that I know what her age is, but let me make sure I'm, I'm not lying to everyone about whether this woman is 33 or 34. Um, no, she's 32, whatever. So well, you can't say we don't come with sources, folks. Yeah, she's 32. Good for her. So <laughs> when Taylor Swift was 32, she put out the album Midnights that included mm-hmm. a song in it about how her eyeliner is sharp enough to kill a man. When mm-hmm. Kanye West was the same <laughs> age... Don't bring up Kanye right now. I will... Um, he <laughs> was working on and put out My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say what you will about what's happening now. No, okay. Listen, <laughs> was that listen. What, is that what you're saying? I, like, think that everyone, as a, as a Black Jewish person, I'll pull both mm-hmm. of my cards. Okay. Everyone needs to, like, stop. They're, okay. they're making me tired. I think all of the, like, <laughs> epic call-outs of Kanye are, like, mm-hmm. very, like, thinly disguised, just, like, anti-blackness. And mm-hmm. I, um, like, it is making me tired. It's very telling the moments of anti-Semitism that people are interested in calling out and, like, the things that people have any care for doing anything about. And it's just, like... Every time that that a like a black celebrity like says something that's uh, fucked up and like anti-Semitic, like the cycle around responding to it is so like nauseatingly predictable that I could I could do it myself all on my own, um, <laughs> and um, 
I have, playing all the parts like a yeah. like a one them play like exactly and i have no interest in it and i'm not gonna pretend like just because right now we could convince kanye west to buy us the brooklyn bridge if we wanted to that mm-hmm. like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy isn't a fantastic album it is and, a fantastic album like, this woman has had a victim complex um, around this man for now over a decade because the VMAs moment was 2009. And like, I know that one of these songs on there is about, about him and that. And like, I am not going to like cue in on myself through the lyrics to try to figure out which one it is. But I'm just saying that like, (laughs) when it's truly been, Kanye was the same age that she is now. He made a fantastic album that is really good that everyone liked. And mm-hmm. she is so old. Like And she's still putting out the is, same 32 shit. 32 is like not that old, but it's like old enough. Well, that she's been in I the game since care. she was 17. This is a this Younger is an album that. that is yeah, like way young, like she's like 16, 15. She's been in it this was 14. She's been around oh for God. a very long time. She's been around for a very long time making a lot of music and I just think like I think when you listen to some of her first stuff, I really do get why it was popular. It was like country music by a teen. You know whose fault felt it is? Very... I have a theory. I I figured oh, yeah? it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah? It's like What's I don't theory? like I don't want to blame one woman for like another woman's um mistakes um <laughs> and and like crimes, but Uh-huh. Carrie Underwood had just mm. won American Idol in, like, what, 2004? And yes. you know that those record label execs were, like, rubbing their little hands together because she had a lot of, like, crossover appeal. She was very popular. Like, she was mm-hmm. um, having songs, like, top the pop charts as well as the country she charts. Might. And they were like, well, this is great, but what it, we need a teen one to cover that that, like, demographic but younger. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Carrie Underwood's songs were, uh, the lyrics were like trending a little bit mature, you know, cause they were for mm-hmm. adults and they were like, well, we need, we need a teenage one. And so yeah. that is how we got Taylor the Swift. The teens aren't going to know what bathroom polo is. So need, um, I think that one. there's, there's been a lot of confusion over what the term like industry plant is. It doesn't mean that someone has no talent. It just means that like a record label, um, like, has decided that there is a need in the market for a certain kind of artist and then they um either like sign an artist to fill that need and like work on uh promoting and like releasing their work in the most strategic way to like help fill that niche or they take like one of the artists that they have already signed mm-hmm. um and like promote them in the same way and so Taylor Swift was an industry plan it is not like it's not a um it's not an accusation it's a statement of fact (laughs) yeah i mean her dad Um, knew the knew the like i think her dad was pretty close friends with the um with at least one of the board members of uh yeah and her her initial record company so album her first album and her image and her sound um was all like crafted around filling a certain like need Mm -hmm. um in in the music market and that is how we got her um some industry plants are talented like i think avril lavigne has a great voice 
and she's got uh, a, a lot of good songs, including the one that was in the uh, Aragon movie that I didn't see. Um, industry plant does not mean untalented, although it no. does in this case. I do not think that she has a uh, talent. I also, um, she's from Pennsylvania. So she used to do like mall tours um, in New Jersey. And um, like, I know a lot of people that ended up like catching her by accident because she was at the mall that they were at, like mm-hmm. back in like 2004, 2005. Um and her her singing abilities have not improved since then. Um, mm-hmm. But really, all I'm trying to say is just like she's an adult woman, and she's not making mm-hmm. music for adult women. Um, like despite her big age, and uh, it it's sad. Well, I would disagree. Sad. I think that she is making music for adult women. Parentheses who are emotionally stunted. Okay, well, that's a a cheat. That is a cow. You're making adult music for adult babies. (laughs) When I picture, like, when I listen to Vigilante shit, I -hmm. pick, like, first of all, that title is, like, a mom who has a mug that says, like, badass on it or something. You know know who's listening to that? Someone who is um, volunteering in the 2024 presidential election for the Hillary Clinton campaign <laughs> and is working out right now. They're on their Stairmaster. Stop. Listening to no. vigilante shit to prepare for canvassing the hills of San Francisco. Stop. They're like, I gotta no. get in shape for San Francisco. See, I was gonna say, when I pictured vigilante shit, and I said this in our group chat, immediately what came to mind, because I have fucking TikTok brain. Yeah. Was the one was, was there will like, this is the exact kind of song. There's like a specific line where she's like, I don't dress for women and I don't dress for men. I dress to get revenge. And I think that line is going to be used by so many um, like women in their 30s wearing a pair of like Steve Madden black thigh high boots and doing like a transition where they look sexy now. Um, Mm. Like they looked ugly or not even ugly, but they just weren't dressed. They don't really do the ugly to hot thing anymore. They just do not dressed to dressed and it's just not dressed and then dressed. And they've got like a little bit of black lipstick on. They're like, I'm getting revenge. And it's like, but I'm just curious like if you don't dress for women and you don't dress for men but you're dressing for revenge does that like what i'm hearing is revenge is looking hot so in a sense you are dressing for that person i don't know it's just it's it's a bad song <laughs> it is a bad and song when i when i picture it i picture adults you know um yeah i picture yeah, a lot of adults right. like liking a lot of these songs Okay. Because they're like they're irreverent meant, and sassy. What I meant uh, in a tame and safe way. Maybe that she's making music for teens, but that her it is immature. Yes. Oh, it's and, very immature. And it is just as immature as her music was when she was a teenager, and it has not improved. Um, and she keeps she keeps dropping a lot of just different buzzwords in here. Um, like this music all feels like it's it's. And this is how a lot of music feels right now. 
again, this is another TikTok brain thing. But like, yeah, you got to stop. You got to get off. I know. I know. But like it, it helps to know that I feel like the music industry, because it's been so like plagued by this app, you know, like they, they have decided that this is like every like everyone else. The music industry has decided that TikTok is the app for um and and stopping that engagement. from happening starts with you. <laughs> okay, listen to, listen to me first. Listen to me first. All ev- all music now that's coming out, especially the pop music, it's not meant to be listened to in full. It is meant to be listened to in clips in a TikTok. You that you take one nugget line that people can apply to like one billion things that they do on a day to day basis some kind of hashtag relatable bullshit and they can just like slap it on one of their videos and like just share 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 engagement 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 content 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 and that's what a lot of these songs feel like in lavender haze she mentions viral the word viral twice Mm. once is enough mentioning it twice ugh. and then on like a couple other songs she says things like um like emote like she like just oh my god i have to like really look at karma again because like like the lyrics to it because there's like <sighs> i want to say something not as a podcaster not mm-hmm. as a feminist not as a marxist leninist but as a jonas brothers fan <laughs> um i was very upset in 2010 um, when Taylor Swift and Joe Jonas broke up and then Taylor Swift um, was very like publicly angry at him for the reason of him breaking up with her over the phone and it being a short phone call. And I remember at the time thinking like, well, like the two of you um, like don't like you live in like different like you don't even really have a city that you live in like you're always busy, you're always in different places. Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, fly out to break up with you? Like, that seems inefficient. Um, secondly, you've been together for three months. Like, probably a phone call is fine. And third, like, the issue is that the phone call was short. But how did this phone call go? What if he was like, Taylor, I think we should break up. And then she was like, uh, okay. what else is he supposed to say like how long of a phone call do you need i just like that's all um i'm not trying to defend joe jonas's honor maybe Mm -hmm. but just like we need more details um okay last last thing about the album and then i think we zoom out a bit Mm -hmm. what did you have what what were your thoughts on the song was it carmen karma karma she (laughs) the song karma um it's just like i can see maybe what maybe could happen um is just that like it could be like borderline offensive to or not even borderline just like offensive to like hinduism um because she talks about like karma being her boyfriend karma is a god Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend. Karma's a relaxing thought. Um, Why? None of those things. <laughs> like, I, well, I just think, why? like... Like, like, why would it... I just think, like, I don't know. I just feel like 
at a certain point, like, like, I think people are going to start getting really fed up with, uh, white women taking on like, um, Eastern religious practices for like their imagery. No, no, we're kind of due for a revival of white women doing Mm. more of that because we're in that, uh, early two thousands, like, uh, nostalgia cycle, but mm. I think that um, while not a white woman, um, I think Taylor Swift is sort of giving me uh, echoes of Nicki Minaj a bit, where it was not it's not me that like is the first person to say this. I'm not sure who mm-hmm. um, said this first, but it's like you can't really be like simultaneously the most powerful person in the world and also a perpetual victim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just like it's tiresome. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like the first thing that I think that's like diff- separate from like how does the album sound is that she's still a feminist, which is oh my god, it's so annoying. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. Like can't you move on? Like can't you do something else? Um, she's anything ex- else like just exactly a feminist in the same way that she was in 2014 and it's like girl it's boring um do a different thing move on to a different belief system if you're not going to evolve in your feminism at all like maybe mm-hmm. become like um a polytheist um, like give us an album about all the different gods that there are. I, I don't know. I think it'd be I think it'd be funny to get libertarian uh, Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, just her talking about private property I and all of her songs. I think that'd be would so funny. Love a Taylor Swift song about like the social contract. <laughs> I want her to do a song about Do you need the license to drive? A Taylor <laughs> Swift next? song about like Keen's Keynesian economics and like another song called Milton about how Milton Friedman's her favorite guy. Um, And maybe instead of welcome to New York, it could be welcome to Chicago and it'll be about the university of Chicago um, and how like when she just steps into the university of Chicago, like it's so magical and she's like surrounded by all of these like fascinating people that are doing their um, pieces. She talks about going up and touching the bean and all the fucking gailers start freaking out. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> but on like on the feminism thing, I think that while it is like um, not fun to listen to because it's boring, I also just like um, I don't expect like my celebrity women to be feminists. Mm-hmm. I don't even no. expect the ones that say that they are to be that good at it. But I think that the, there is a bare minimum of lip service that I would like to see if you are making this a significant part of your brand. One of them would be um, being nice to wim- to women, at mm-hmm. least some some of them. Like <laughs> you know, just just like that, like a little bit of support for other mm-hmm. women. Her and it, infamous speech where she said, "Don't let anybody." Uh, tell like don't let any man tell you to not uh that you can't achieve your dreams no what she you said can do is it all on your own don't let ever don't ever let any man tell you that he made you like what you are like it was a oh, reference yeah. to famous and yeah. kanye did make her famous and yeah. 
we need to acknowledge that as the truth. She would have like <laughs> absolutely like disappeared into mm-hmm. the the ether the same way that like fucking Jordan Pruitt who you don't know the name of anymore, but I remember her, like did. That's where she was. Like, you know, she had a couple, she had a couple hit songs and she would have disappeared into the Radio Disney ether if it weren't for everyone rallying around the white woman that was getting picked on by the the mean, scary black man that told her that, that she wasn't as talented as a black woman. That's what it mm-hmm. is all about. Um, but, but, Okay, I'm. When she got up on stage and said that, when she said that that no man made you who you are, or whatever, very funny of her to say that, surrounded by all surrounded. of her male co co writers and and uh, producers like, and whatever, which is the first thing. Yeah, like, if you, I'm just saying, like if like I have, you know, we all have our as as communists, we all have our issues with Beyonce separately. Um, but well, I will yeah, say, like when some. she. Name some. Uh, when she performs for Saudi princes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put. make sure we put in the episode description that Kendall, um, in parentheses, <laughs> white woman, uh, comes after Beyonce. Stop. For I... issues. <laughs> and then asterisk. Issues being performs for Saudi princes and, you know, is at at the end of the day a capitalist. But But she's married to Jay-Z. Yes, exactly. And she's still married to Jay-Z. That's a problem in and of itself. She has a Scorpio Um, moon. Yeah. She's not going to leave that man. Tragic. Um, But I will say, like, when she talks about being, like, a feminist, she does hire a lot of women. Her entire but like it's not just backing that she band. Hires a lot of women, like they're also like um, typically all black women, mm-hmm. and you don't have to talk that much about being a feminist for it to be like demonstrative. If like that's who is in like your your, you know, your touring band, that yeah. this is something that's important to you because if you're not putting in an effort to like hire black women particularly in fields where like they're not uh the majority of the people Mm -hmm. that are that are doing that um it's very easy to just like um without intending to like default to having um mostly men um or mostly like white people and it makes sense that like Taylor Swift would end up with a lot of men surrounding her because I don't think that she cares about prioritizing um, like the success um, of other women in her work. And she has mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities like with just the, the size of her celebrity to do that in so many different ways. Um, yeah. Like who does her album art, who does her photography, like who is producing a song, like who writes a song with her, like who's in her, yeah, her band, like who does she feature Material on a song? conditions. Um, like the, like yeah. just like, truly actually creating material conditions for to push women forward well, you know which she can do and she has the power to do super feminist um and and it is like well okay so one i'm still really upset i think about like do you remember um like where in 2020 when uh meg the stallion like called out her um record label Yes, I do. Okay, so for people that, like, don't know this happened in 
2020 and it was um like meg saying that her record label had had like a pretty severely like taken advantage of her um that they are making a much higher than normal like cut of her money like that she makes from albums that she puts out from songs that she puts out um than is normal um like and she like filed a like a yeah a lawsuit to like be um freed from from this record label and it like i think was you know it sucks it sucks that she was dealing with that but it also like brought a lot of attention um Mm -hmm. to the really like exploitative like um recording contracts that newer artists particularly like within rap and hip-hop like sign Mm -hmm. because they don't have the uh like pre-existing like mm, environment of of, uh like like access to lawyers like when when they're first starting out they like maybe Mm -hmm. do not have someone to go over this contract with them and like aren't able to realize that they're like being exploited until um they're a bit more successful and then they realize how many things they're like getting getting cut out of um i am pretty sure that the like yeah the contract that um Megan said, she said, like, when I signed it, I didn't really know what was in my contract. I think I was 20. And under her current contract, she receives a 40% cut of the recording profits, while uh, 1501, like, receives the remaining 60%. The industry standard is 50-50. And the deal also meant that, like, Meg uh, must, like, seed profits from sectors that labels usually don't touch, including publishing touring income and merchandising. The touring income one is like really huge because that's like where the majority of artists like make most of their money. Mm -hmm. Um, And this like is something that people like that artists deal with all the time. Um, And it happens especially to like black artists and like artists in, in hip hop and rap. Yeah. Anyway, when this happened, I thought, oh, like, what a perfect moment for Miss T-Swizzle to, like, publicly um, show some support and Especially because at the same time, yeah. own issue of mm-hmm. have, like, not being able to own her own masters, which is, like, not even close to being as bad um, as, like, what Meg was dealing with, but it's still an example of, like, you know, like not having ownership over your own work, like not being able to like reap the the benefits or like see any profits from like something that is that belongs to you um, and having like people that have a lot more. Well, I don't know if they have more money than Taylor Swift, but like people that have like more money and are in like in high like positions of power, like taking advantage of like your creative output and like using that for their own profit that they cut you out of. Um it would have been a, a really useful moment for like a, like anyone, but especially her, to um, call this out and for her to like show some support. And she was quiet, which made me wonder. Made me wonder, like, what? How, like, how important is this issue to you, or is you you like re-recording all of your albums? um like 
a sign that you know that you're kind of washed and are doing uh, like a like a long well, form equivalent of like putting out a greatest hits album. Like this is well, like a Vegas that residency. Was my oh, that was like, my immediate thought when she's re-recording her albums that this is a perfect album. The thing is, is that, and a lot of people seem to be under this impression, um, at least I was fielding when I was like looking through a lot of like the, the Swifty like forms and stuff like that. A lot of them seem to be under the impression because she puts up a great facade with them, that she's this like down to earth uh, girl who um, like does things based on like her whims and her her feelings and her desires um, fully a hundred percent, and not because um, she's very calculated and and a huge capitalist. Like she's she's a very calculated girl boss, and like when she puts out like re-recordings of her masters it's a perfect opportunity when you don't have a lot of music out right now because the pandemic happened you don't have a lot of like recordings of music that you've done um well she, to when she you're finally doing that, she announced that she was going to do that before covid um happened but so unless unless she, even so, she made it happen it, which it i'm allowed, not but out. even so pushing past the covid stuff it allows you to you know redo like you know basically perform all of your greatest hits at a concert with an entirely new merch cycle with an entirely new album cycle. She on midnights, she has released uh, four or five different vi like visual versions. Yeah. And we're going to get to that. But I think that like the, this is like a, um, it's a, like, an unwillingness to admit that you're kind of washed. Like you don't want to mm -hmm. do the Vegas residency that your frenemy Katy Perry did because that would be <laughs> letting all of us know that you know that you're a bit over. Um, you don't want to put out like a greatest hits album and go on like a, oh, remember when 2011 like tour because that's also like another admittance that you're not like currently relevant. So what mm -hmm. it is is like a way of like getting around having to do that. And if there was any, While still doing it. <laughs> any at all like concern for like um, people that, or, or even just like the issue of like exploitative like record contracts, like mm -hmm. young women being taken advantage of by record labels, there would be um, like any amount of speaking up. Um, yeah. for people that are affected by the same thing, especially when that like there's no way that she wasn't aware of what like Meg mm -hmm. was going through because it was every pretty, single other person in the public. music industry was talking to was was at least extending like condolences to Megan, if not like yeah. direct help in some and, way. And okay, so that's one. Like you know, you're supposed to be a woman supporting women. There, there was an opportunity. Nothing happened. Second thing that I've been mulling over for a while is: Do you remember when she sued that radio host that I believe oh, like um, yeah. grabbed grabbed her ass? Like it was he was a uh, like sexually harassing her while she was like on the radio show or something, and then she sued mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. um, and she sued him for like a symbolic. Th like thing i think she got a dollar from it and it was more mm -hmm. about like proving a point um got no issues with that whatever do what you want like that don't think that that's like a way that someone should be treated and i think it should be called out um however 
if the you know if the the point of that was not just to like i think make a uh a statement about like how this is wrong to do to you but like how this was wrong for it to be done period um which seemed to be what she was like trying to say it was like i i want like people to know that this is like not an acceptable way for people to treat like young women who are like artists um and I am using my position as like Taylor Swift, where I do have some power in this moment, like even though this happened to me because I'm Taylor Swift, I'm a like a big deal. I'm a celebrity like that is large enough that if I call out this man that was shitty to me, like I'm not going to have to worry about like being blackballed or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like publicly going through with this lawsuit instead of maybe doing it privately or not doing it at all and like being quiet because I you know have to because I'm scared Mm -hmm. um if that was your intention why why no um like echoing of calls by other like uh female artists um naming uh, male like abusers or like people that harassed them in particular like other women I- that are musicians um like speaking on men um that in in like the music industry or like as they were working like harassed them and then also why work with a director <laughs> in a in a, in a in a certain movie um you know it that that has has some things that we know um Mm -hmm. if what you want everyone to know is that like this is unacceptable like not just for you but like in in the industry that you're in Mm -hmm. um and so that's there's that and then and then i think i think the third thing maybe Maybe there's more things, but what the the third the third thing? There's plenty of things, but there it, should well, be a third. No, but thing. I, I think like like on the the I don't know, just like the severe like hollowness of of her feminism um, is I I think like suing Olivia Rodrigo. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And and I think that there's a there's like an obvious connection there to like copyright abolition that we're going to be talking about mm. in a minute because you know you know that that's Kendall's. Uh, yeah. special that's interest my little, that's my little soap that's my little soapbox <laughs> with the substance that kendall eats for breakfast um <laughs> what are you doing you love the texture um uh, you're in you're in the club you're in vip with uh, with neurodivergent strippers um anyway uh, okay like um copyright abolition stuff aside just for a moment like yeah why would you publicly like engage in a lawsuit with someone that you know has a lot of like crossover audience like with your with your fans um and like looks to you as a role model interpolated your song because like she is a fan <laughs> and and uh you know like put them in the position of um like having your fans feel like they they need to to choose a side like um it's this is not like a defense of the song which i'm not even sure if i know it um 
or Olivia Rodrigo, although I learned recently that she's like really good friends with my brother's friend, so I need to be nicer about her from now on. Um, even though I just want her to dance on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I, I don't know. I think that like one of the things that someone of like Taylor Swift's like uh, star power could, could do that would be really like um, uh, beneficial to, I guess, like her stance of like that she supports other women. Like it would, it would show me that she, even in like a shallow way, like cares about feminism would be just like, showing some like kindness to like uh, younger artists that exist in the same like sphere of music that she does. Um, and I think that, that suing the person who was like absolutely like the most famous, like up and coming, like pop girl in the same Avenue that you are in uh, real reads really bitter, um, mm-hmm. which is it's not a not a good look that she should be trying to go into in in her big age mm-hmm. absolutely and you know uh like get, like i think getting to a lot of the copyright abolition stuff i think that because she has such like a close tie to her fans who have such like a they they believe that they have like a personal ownership over her work but at the same time they like default to her as like an authority um so and like so they've they've been getting like really antsy um i think you know i think it partially because they have a lot of personal hurt still over um the scooter Braun masters incident that you mentioned so they you know seem to believe that any leak is the same as scooter Braun, a wealthy man buying uh, her masters and then being able to sell them for whatever they want. Um, and what they fail to understand is that, uh, copyright sucks. Mm-hmm. Copyright <laughs> it, does suck. It sucks for everyone all the way around. Um, and a lot of people, when I bring this up, tend to, um, default to the straw man argument <laughs> of what about the poor artist? Um, who will not get paid because they don't have um, a copyright on their work. You know um, what I have? You know what? You know what? I'll say it. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, borrowing, uh, copying isn't stealing. Um, <laughs> that's like one of the foundations of copyright abolition. Copying isn't stealing. Um, the idea of copyright abolition also comes from like most um, forms of abolition comes with a very structural um, basis of like, it's not just that we get rid of copyright, it's that we get rid of the capitalists that um, profit off of stealing all the time anyway, even when copyright is around. Um, they can steal from younger and artists all the time and then copyright their own, the, those artists' ideas as their own. Um, because the artist who, the small indie artist or whoever who made that, concept that creative work um does not have the funds to be um hiring intellectual property lawyers or just filing their own patents and you know copyrights at all um copyright only protects like wealthy um individuals and institutions that have money to such as defend (laughs) their their right um yeah like i don't know who on this earth 
but I guess some people are just not, they're not that smart. Thinks Mm -hmm. that laws are enforced all on their own. Like, you got to bring it to the attention. You got to create a culture. Well, (laughs) no, but like you have to bring it to the attention of like the court in order to hold like anyone legally accountable for breaking a law. I can Mm -hmm. break into your house tomorrow and steal everything out of it. And it's not like anyone's going to come after me um, like off that uh, unless you Mm -hmm. like legally get involved um, and Mm -hmm. try to hold me accountable for stealing your things. And that is not like there is no automatic process of um, holding mm-hmm. anyone accountable for like theft, if it's theft of someone's like intellectual property, um, unless mm-hmm. they have the like power, resources, and time to like go after holding that person accountable. So copyright does not protect um, small, small little ooh, old time ooh, yeah. little baby artists. It doesn't protect. Also, it like, doesn't protect the whatever. small. <laughs> It also doesn't protect the big artist, um, as we've already pointed out. Like the the record companies um, will find any loophole um, in order to, uh, you know, buy and sell um, the artist's creative work. Um, you have to be very, very. Um, you have to have a lot of power in a situation, um, also, and a lot of know how in order to make that not happen. Um, it but it can happen protect- to anybody like big artists too in that there is now this like um culture of uh suing popular artists that have like hit songs for theft sampling because they're hit well not even for sampling but like for a hit song that like reminds them or sounds somewhat like a different hit song and then they will like sue that artist for um like credit in order mm-hmm. to then get a cut of the uh, like profits, like this happened with um, what was that song that was like bad, like bad for women? Um, uh, it's from Blurred Lines. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Blurred Lines <laughs> was sued by um, came right off the dome with that one. Uh, Marvin Gaye's estate. Um, yes, and it was like similar to a different song, um, mm-hmm. and like song was it was bad for women so i'm Mm -hmm. not defending blurred rights um (laughs) like existence but um it doesn't like benefit anyone that like that lawsuit as an example was like successful Mm -hmm. and i think that that um was not the first time that something like that has happened but it like Mm -hmm. was big enough that it like set off a wave of like subsequent lawsuits against pretty much any time like a song is really really big um mm-hmm. because there's not actually that much music out there there's like i don't think we have any new songs left in us i think that's no. where i think that's it we probably stopped <laughs> well, having new the thing songs is, is that maybe in like 1979 i mean and, it's a common and, artistic like f- philosophical argument of like can you make new art is everything derivative? I'm, and not, it, I'm not asking. Yeah. There's no more new songs. Well, and I'm, I'm saying that that's that's the answer is that there <laughs> isn't, and that derivative doesn't mean bad, and that if we made more derivatives of things, which we could with copyright abolition, um, we could create a much uh, freer. We could create a much freer culture. Um, we could um, establish a lot of freedom of knowledge and freedom of 
uh, communication and cultural expression. Imagine if it slows human progress. (laughs) A new song every year that was like it sounded just like Crazy Frog. But yeah. was a little bit different. <laughs> but could That's be could be a little that, bit different. That Kendall wants us to live in. I, I and do. I, and I also <laughs> wouldn't mind it. Um, I yeah. Let's well, get also, a new crazy it, it frog points, every year. When you think about copyright, you also um, can get into some really interesting arguments about the concept of the author and how um, the like the author being like an authority on a subject. Um, can be in some ways really, really harmful, especially when that author does not know a lot. Um, like how a lot of, you know, um, like I, like you could, cons- I think for a time, you know, back in 2014, I wouldn't consider like Taylor Swift even then to be like an authority on feminism, but she was seen as a feminist icon because she had- An icon? Yeah, by uh, by some people, there were plenty of articles about her girl group being like feminists, <sighs> icons, and stuff like that. Icons. There, I... I'm, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying that that was that was part of the culture. You and I do think for a while to be an icon. <laughs> I know, I know, but like this is what happens, right? Um, and when we get like, um, when we get into that, I just feel like it, like you know um we like what am i trying to say here i'm trying to like get this exactly together but i think um like when we get into this idea of the author um we have to uh think about um whether or not that person um is like an authority on the subject that they are, that they are currently, or even like an authority on like, like creatively in some way. And I think that that concept is uh, really just like ultimately harmful um, when we don't allow other people the ability to freely publish um, their own works that might be derivative or even copies of that work. Um, We can create a much uh, freer form of communication and community expression um, if we allow a lot more people to push past the barriers of what it takes to be an author, what it takes to be an artist, what it takes to be successful. And that starts with copyright abolition. And it also just is a, it's about the preservation of, of, I mean, like a lot of copyright abolition is also like fronted by, you know, people who are big, piracy um hobbyists and, and being it, peer-to-peer internet nerds if and it i will starts say with copyright abolition it also starts with abolishing the connection of taylor swift's head to her <laughs> shoulders they're gonna they're gonna come for us so bad <laughs> no they won't they're not listening this far in they're fine true fine Don't worry about it True. Her songs are like, what, three minutes long? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not listening more. This is longer than her album at this point. <laughs> they're not listening. Um, but I will say also that, like, you know, uh, copyright abolition is fronted. Uh, a lot of like vocal advocates for copyright abolition is also fronted by people who um, participate in piracy and participate mm-hmm. in peer to peer Internet 
Um, Stick and- around to the end of the episode when Kendall explains to you how to torrent. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to need visuals for that. I'll, I'll just I'll <laughs> DM me. I'll give you the tutorial that, okay. that I have from a mutual of mine. Um, but, you know, like, uh, I think a lot of people right right now I'm getting I get a lot of pushback when I mention just piracy, not even like copyright abolition. A lot of people seem to think it's really like spooky, scary and it, and it's and it's a crime. So it must be bad. Um, and you're taking good. money away from from the poor animators who already got their paycheck and see no residuals on any of their animators work. Animators <laughs> often are perverts. Yeah, so I'm doing a moral <laughs> good, actually. Um, yeah, but, but Have also you seen like the way that the, they draw people when you when you are in uh, piracy like hobbyist circles when you are in peer to peer internet nerd like internet circles, you'll see that a lot of them are actually advocates for like digital preservation. Um, you'll notice that like there's um, like more recently in the last couple of years, I believe the, the website, um, I forget what the website's name was, but it was the largest uh, Nintendo uh, emulator website. An emulator, if you don't know, is like a, it's just a version of like a video game that you would play on a console that they have um, someone else on their own time for no money for um, no economic value has decided to uh, make compatible with playing on like a laptop um, or a computer. And it allows you to play a game that you might not have the money to buy um, or might just be like fully defunct. Like might be a game that like you cannot get anymore um, or you need a lot of outdated media in order to play that you just might not have access to. Um, it allows you to play that game again, and it is a form of cultural preservation. That site, which was the largest um, Nintendo emulator site, uh, got taken down and sued by Nintendo. Um, and that the reason they did that is not because they are planning to release a lot of those defunct games, but because they want the option to be able to release those uh, defunct games um, on a shitty emulator for their shitty console for $60. Um, the idea of cultural preservation and cultural works, um, being pirated is it allows you, you personally to keep a copy of that. I spend a lot of time talking about physical media, but I am also a big proponent of digital media as a form of preservation. And I spend a lot of time trying to update a lot of my libraries, create physical copies of the digital media that I have, um, in order to preserve those works because the more and more things move to streaming, the more and more things move towards an entirely digital library. Um, it is very easy, um, for those companies, for-profit companies to, um, just, uh, on a whim, like, you know, the last couple months when HBO did that because of a tax break, um, and took down shows that hundreds of people worked on, um, on a whim, they can just do that. And it affects the small artist, actually, because a lot of those people who were animators for those like shows that HBO Max took down, who worked on those shows, live action or otherwise, um, have decided to quit the industry because they no longer have a place to point to um, when they are looking for jobs, saying like, see, you can watch what I made here. I have like they don't have like access to the thing that they made anymore, it's just gone. 
and it's like it never existed. And so their their entire career that they built up is essentially disappeared. And so a lot of them have quit the industry or are thinking about quitting the industry because um like they just what can they do? And Yeah, also I think every <laughs> everyone benefits from the ability to like interpolate and like engage with another artist um like yeah. in our own work. Um, that is like how we get cool stuff. It's also how we get lame stuff. Like when mm-hmm. Taylor Swift put out something and she called it like Sad Girl Autumn, which, mm-hmm. by the way, white supremacist of her to do that, <laughs> um, especially after she doesn't defend like Megan and now she's taking her cool hot girl summer like thing and, and making it dumb. Like, that's a that's a colonizer move but it's like <laughs> yeah, no you know, it's but the she thing is, is within that... her rights whatever to like do it bad if she wants but we all I'm benefit also... from the ability like to yeah. do that and to make yeah. something hopefully cool and occasionally that I happens think, i think it is okay for things to be lame <laughs> yeah, i think it's okay fine. for there to be a lot of lame like with the here's the thing we already get a lot of lame shitty work it's just now that shitty work is being um, spoon-fed to us by a boardroom, when instead, wouldn't you want to get shitty work from, like, just some guy who decided to, like, I don't know, rip off some movie that well, he saw? There's this great also... movie called um, Flooding, with the Love, Flooding with Love for the Kid, and it's basically a one-man's, uh, one, like, guy made, uh, basically played all the roles in Rambo, and like just completely remade the entire movie starring himself and like yeah it's shitty but i'd rather see that than another fucking marvel movie (laughs) i think that the other thing that is like maybe not as uh, an obvious like part of this issue is that um like the existence of copyright does not prevent theft or mm-hmm. copying it, it like copying it really and doesn't. theft is actually still happening all the time. Um, and there's no method of recourse for it unless you have a lot of money, like for smaller artists. So that is actually constantly taking place. And it wouldn't like copyright instead creates is just a culture where like the only copying and theft is happening to like small artists that do not have the the means to fight it um, mm-hmm. and, and never the other way around. Um, but there's not like uh, a current like culture where no one copies anything ever where people are held accountable for stealing um, the, and then we would move to a time where it's cool for everyone to steal. Right now mm-hmm. it's fine for some people to steal, which yeah. is exactly why taylor swift was okay with (laughs) doing like sad girl autumn right Mm -hmm. but also why she sues all the drop shippers on etsy that Mm -hmm. put like the phrase welcome to new york on a (laughs) t-shirt um like there's there's a direction in which this kind of thing flows um, yeah, it's it's what we kind of it, mentioned it in that it it doesn't happen altogether. It's similar, I think, to what we mentioned in the last episode about like how some people it's okay to be uh, it's okay for a corporation or for 
someone who is large and already in power to steal and to grift and to scam. Um, but it is not okay for other people to also borrow and steal and like do the same yeah. thing. Um, so I have, I've got a couple rapid fire questions for you okay. before we close out. Um, the first is, have you ever liked a Taylor Swift song? Be honest. I, okay. I did like teardrops on my guitar when it came out, but in fairness mm. to me, I was also a teenager. Yeah. So, like. I actually <laughs> really liked when I was a teenager, the homophobic one. Oh yeah. Um, the one. <laughs> that, uh, that one's pretty good. <laughs> just go ahead and tell your friends tell me, that I'm crazy that I'm and crazy. obsessive. Don't the, worry. Or like, that's fine. That's I'll tell fine. mine you're I'll tell gay. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which like I related to because mm. I was crazy as a teenager <laughs> and also the people that I dated were gay um it kind of made me gay too (laughs) so i don't know if it would have been as effective as taylor swift's uh accusation how can i be homophobic (laughs) my bitch is gay (laughs) yeah but you know i i i I thought i liked that one i thought Uh it was good uh it was um only recently that i learned she changed that to say you won't mind if i say which doesn't actually make any sense because like say what Mm-hmm. Say what? Be homophobic, T Swizzle. It's fine. We know. We know some your of deal. The, um, some of the songs off folklore I felt had like a really good production value that I felt like was pointing towards like a more yeah, toned down listen, era. So. I, I thought it I thought it had promise towards something that was like that could have been like, okay, she's like moving towards something like different and like but still like kind of calling back to her roots. Like I was seeing like little flashes of what the Swifties seem to express as like her like above and beyond artistry in comparison to her peers. Um, And I was starting to see like, okay, maybe she could be on the track to become what they say she's, she already is. Um, But Mm. then she released lover and it was just back to target forever 21 music. Yeah. Would you, okay. So, um, I ha- yeah, I haven't listened to anything of hers, like, unless it I was just, like, overexposed to it um, by osmosis or whatever since mm-hmm. my teenage years. So I have no opinions on, on folklore. Um, but next question. Hmm. How would you improve Taylor Swift as an artist, a musician, What and you can make three changes to her? What would you do? I would make her become Carly Rae Jepsen. No, no. Just like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, that I think that's the only change. Mm. But um, I don't know. I think that um, I would I would have liked her. You know what? What I think I would want from her is to take more of like a Maggie Rogers route um, and like try to go for like, because like Maggie Rogers is corny. And she's fine with that Um, because she's also kind of leaning into it more in terms of like, I'm corny, but in like a, an, like an artistic oeuvre way. Like recently she had David Byrne cameo in one of her videos, uh, her music videos. And like, she's a huge fan of like the talking heads and stuff. And like talking heads music. I love the talking heads. 
it's the you know like it's very like funny silly goofy moment <laughs> a lot of it um and i just feel like she could be leaning more into her corniness in a way that doesn't feel so calculated like yeah she dances like a baby giraffe like woohoo good for her but i think she could be leaning into into it more with like her collabs and stuff like i think that when she tries to be self-aware her self-awareness is just like i'm crazy i'm still the crazy obsessive boy crazy taylor swift and it's like we know you're not anymore your dating history hasn't really been something that has been on everybody's radar for a while now i think you could get more into like the self-awareness of like okay i'm a little older now like i'm still kind of like a corny millennial like isn't that kind of cute? Like, let's go for that. And that would be at least a little less like sophomoric than what I'm currently hearing, which mm. is just like, she's stuck in the same place. At the very least, it would point to like some kind of like, like, you know how like when um, rappers start getting pretty old, they start getting like a lot more either like goofy or like self-reflective. I want like her to lean on like being goofy, having a silly moment. Um, Okay. I don't know. I think that either that or I want her to start actually collabing with uh, women. Um, but that is kind of a stretch because I don't know how many women in the music industry like her. Um, Joni Mitchell was like, oh, she wants to play me in a movie. She better learn how to sing then. So <laughs> I don't know how many like I would love to see like I think collabs with like older women um, and some like younger people in the industry and kind of like bring them up. Um, just something that points to like, hey, I can make the material conditions of the women around me a little better. Um, that would be okay. like almost cool. <laughs> so the way that I would improve her is that number one, I would tell her that she's not allowed to sing anymore. And what I would have <laughs> her do instead is I would have her like, do that like kind of talk singing thing that like Johnny Cash used to do um, over songs because I really think that her voice is like bad. And I don't think, I'm assuming that she's probably gotten some vocal training since she mm -hmm. was 15. And so I just don't think it can be improved. I think her voice is just bad. And so mm -hmm. she should give up. And instead she should do this sort of like a kind of slow talk singing thing like over uh music that i think should be like um kind of kind of like sparse sparse music talk singing not spoken word poetry mm -hmm. i don't want to hear that cadence out of her um but like you know oh god <laughs> the, the, the like, imagery in my head right now yeah, is very like, bad <laughs> johnny johnny cash vibes um, uh -huh, uh -huh. in terms of sound that's i think what she she could do she'd have to go back to being country maybe and then mm -hmm. i would have her dye her hair dark brown mm -hmm. um i think that she like would probably benefit significantly from not looking like a nazi barbie I really believe very strongly that <laughs> she needs that, to like, go brunette right now. Well, yeah, I believe really strongly that like um, who you are on the outside is a reflection of who you are mm -hmm. on the inside, and I think that like when she looks like that with her little blonde hair and her blue eyes, like no wonder she sucks mm -hmm. so much. And so I think that she should have dark brown hair, 
And then the final thing that I would do is like, God, I wish I knew how to pronounce this designer's name. I don't like, I think he's like French, but he like, um, was like credited with like inventing the mini skirt. Maybe I think people also like credit, uh, Mary Quant with it. I'm, I'm sorry to like give it to a man, but like maybe mm-hmm. his name is like Andre, like Corregé, whatever. And he like um, was a big like mob oh, yeah, fashion yeah, guy in the sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's like, I, and, like I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm just making a guess. Yeah, and, and but it's like not just like mod fashion, but like kind of space age, like like bubble yeah, head, yeah. like bubble suit, like mod. Yeah like mini dress but then like with a big transparent bubble over it and then Mm -hmm. a bubble over the head um and then like go-go boots and i think that that's like how she should be dressing and that's like what you're you're reinventing a Katy perry era i think Katy perry had an era like that you want her to go full Katy perry no because Katy perry was like 1940s this is 1960s she she was initially but then she did like she did have that like couple of like Katy perry had like victory rolls and she had those like bangs that needed to be brushed out this and also she didn't talk oh yeah 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 Different. This is a different, different. thing. Different mm-hmm. thing. Um, but also, Teenage Dream is like one of the greatest songs of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. I don't have an issue with that that era of Katy Perry. But that's what I that's how I would fix Taylor Swift. Um, okay, my I think my final rapid oh, wait, fire. I, just, I did oh, wanna I did wanna ask since I said I would replace her with Carly Ray Jepsen, who would you replace her with if you could? Oh, like a per like Yeah. What is like this? A, am I like, making her be that person like, or am I making someone like else who, be as famous? Who should as her? take Yeah, like who should who should take her reins? Like who Me. <laughs> I yeah, okay. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Or if not me, Alt J. Ooh, you remember Alt okay. J? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to um, see. I'd love to see a new Alt J album. Actually, I think that'd be kind of a slay. Yeah, he stopped <laughs> making music after the, yeah, that 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 potato chip incident. Oh, um, right. So okay, we actually there's there's two. I forgot um, that there's an important last question, but this this one is. Um, we didn't discuss it because it's like not that interesting that mm. the truth is like pretty, pretty obvious. Um, but some people out there in the world, they think that Taylor Swift is secretly dating or secretly used to date Carly oh. Kloss. While that is not the case, who would you have Taylor Swift secretly be dating? Secretly, like, like, do, do they have to be gay? Or is it like, it's just like, who do you you think it would be fun to find out like, oh, this whole time it was, it was Taylor and whoever. If at some point they had like a torrid love affair. Yeah. Or currently. And this whole boyfriend of hers is just a facade. Who would that be? Okay. Hmm. Oh, I, you know what? I think it'd be so fun if like her and Katy Perry were secretly dating. Like if the huh. feud, if the feud, yeah. if it was an enemies to lovers feud ended, um, now we're getting married. Like that'd be a cute rom-com ending, you know? Yeah, that would be kind of cute. Like pop um, rivals, then like well, they become, were friends first. Yeah, pop friends become pop rivals, become pop lovers. Mm-hmm. Kind of cute. What about you? Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that if this happened, it would probably spark a lot of 
discourse conversations <laughs> there would there would be some oh, questions about like ethics um but i think that it would be really fun to find out if I'm like scared. at the moment at the moment in this current moment in time taylor swift was secretly dating malia obama <laughs> right now yeah yeah I just can't imagine just like her going to like meet Michelle Obama. Which is going over to meet the Obamas. She has met the Obamas before, but like this is a new context. How how they met the first time Mm -hmm. is Taylor Swift was going over uh, maybe to like Joe Biden's uh, fundraiser or something, and Mm -hmm. uh, like Michelle and uh, Millie and Sasha were all there, and um. She was like, oh, hey, Malia, like, weren't you once an intern on um, Lita Dunham's TV show Girls? And then Malia would say, yeah, my dad, like, hooked that up for me after he talked to his friend Harvey Weinstein. And then uh, Taylor Swift would be like, wow, like, you look so different from the last time that I saw you. And she'd be like, well, it's because I'm 24 now. And the last time you saw me, I was 18. And Taylor goes, hmm, 24. I remember being 24. <laughs> I wrote a whole song about being 23, but 24 22. was a good time. <laughs> 22. 22. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Just literally Whatever. the name of the song is 22. But yeah, so I think that it would be, um, I think, just exciting to find out that the two of them have been together for like a year in secret. Okay, a year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they can't be for too long because mm-hmm. Malia is only 24 and, and yeah. uh, age gap discourse. Uh, well, there will be age gap discourse if yeah, this came out. Regardless. There's uh, not quite 10 years between them, but I think. That's probably like all that it takes yeah. these days. That people uh-huh. are doing it over like five months, um, yeah. and it would be like, but maybe there's a different power dynamic happening because like Malia's got access to the Secret Service, Taylor doesn't. Like mm-hmm. maybe they're equals. Who knows? Uh, I just think it would be fun. It would be a fun reveal. Um, the last question is not really like a question about T Swizzle, and it's more like, you know, we've been we've been talking a lot of shit about her mm-hmm. music. For two Can hours. We, for the for the, like the record, mm-hmm. establish evidence of good taste. Can okay. you name some artists that you do like? Some music that maybe um, our listeners that are Swifties should go check out instead. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. Um, I'm just gonna look at my Spotify for a second. Um, you don't know them off top. Well, I've just, I listen to a lot of music, and there's just mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I listen to. You don't have um, a favorite band? Who's your favorite uh, band? My favorite band is embarrassing. <laughs> okay, but who is it? Uh, for for a long time, it was the Mountain Goats. I was, like, really into the Mountain Goats. Oh, I've literally never heard a song by them either. I don't think you would like it that much, to be honest. No, prob- probably I not. Think- I think it's like a it's a me thing. Um I don't like instrument music. I, you know what? I think I think Swifties would like the Mountain Goats because I think yeah. that the lyricism of the Mountain Goats is better than Taylor Swift and mm-hmm. they're always pointing to her lyrics as being like incredible. And I think that you should try listening to 
um, their album about wrestling, um, which is <laughs> it's it's about wrestlers. Um, but I think it's like a really um, like fun album about like you know um, defeat and winning um, and like the idea of like um, villainy and um like heroes and stuff like that and like kind of put like pitting those against each other um and like what what exactly it means to be both um especially in a context like like wrestling which is like a very much like a theatrical um performance and i think that it's it's just a really really great album and it ends with some really lovely songs um as well as I think Transcendental Youth, I think would be a fun album for them to listen to. I think they'd like it. Um, but definitely Tallahassee is like their that kind of like breakup album that I think that they would enjoy. Um, let's see. Who are, I, I, here's the thing. A lot of the artists I don't think like Swifties would like. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That you, we're just yeah. telling them that we have good taste and who you think that they should maybe try listening to. Doesn't yeah. matter if they don't like it. They like Taylor Swift. Uh, so what do they recently, know? Recently, um, I went to an Eve's Tumor concert, and Eve's Tumor is great. Um, but Light Asylum opened up for them, and they were fucking killer. Um, their music is like, it's it's got kind of like a goth, um, like sound to it. Like their voice is like got this like goth tremor to it that I really just fucking loved, and um. Like it's very, it's like sort of electronic goth sounding music that I think a lot of people would really like. Um, yeah, I saw them recently and they were fucking killer. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Um, I, I also um, have been because I have ADHD and I'm valid. I listen to a lot of like PC music and a lot of like drum and bass <laughs> um and recently i've been listening to lust sick puppy um and that music goes really hard and fast and i really like it um yeah <laughs> okay so let's see uh death grips nickelback yeah. fallout boy <laughs> and tony hawk pro skater too <laughs> I was so I was so sincere. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I literally like all of those. Uh, well, Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack mm -hmm. is not. I like that. It's, but I it's think a, it's a good. It's not an well, artist. I've, it's a good album. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, like actually, I mean, I like all the the, the four acts I just named. Um, I also think that uh, I mean my my favorite band, as we all know is maybe a tie between the Mars Volta and the dis uh, the Dismemberment Plan. Um, I also, like, really have been listening to a lot of Terry Gender Bender, who's fun. She's in Bosnian Rainbows, she's in Le Butcherettes, and she's also, like, solo. She puts out, like, 15 albums a year. There's a lot for people to work with there. Um, like, Saul Williams and, like, Gil Scott Heron a lot. And I like mm -hmm. the Tony Hawk... Uh, three soundtrack two. Um, I I do love all of the first four Fallout Boy albums. I think that they're great, and like 
what else is like evidence of my good taste or like something I've been listening to a lot lately? Um, I really like baby metal personally. <laughs> yeah, I, that baby baby that, metal's that got a sense. killer backing band. Like they they've got their band is crazy, like absolutely shredding. Oh, I like a lightning bolt. And giraffes, giraffes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know animals as leaders. I know um, all three of these bands, and yet every time, like I think, I think about their name. It's just it sounds all it sounds so made up. Yeah, like that's what a lot of that kind of music is. Yeah, it, like it's like it just doesn't sound like real things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, th- th- those are like music. That's artists. Um, I think people should actually go listen to Nickelback. Like, mm-hmm. go listen yeah, li- to Nickelback. Yeah, and listen to it again. Me, like, Rockstar is a good song. It's a good song. <laughs> Let's admit it. Come through the It's like the bottom it's great. of the ninth, and I'm never gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So, um,. <laughs> Yeah, so like in conclusion, stream yeah. Nickelback, fuck Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, fuck copyright, uh, fuck the middle class. Mm-hmm. And that's been Big Sway Naturals. We're Big Sway Naturals everywhere. Just just look that mm-hmm. up. You'll find us. And yeah, then, leave us a uh, review can... on Apple, yeah, Pod- yeah, yeah. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm sick of looking at the ones that we got like back in like March. I want to. I want to well, see th- a new okay, one. Okay, but thank you to those people. <laughs> thank for you to those people. Thank you. But I, yeah. I want, I want some new reading material. Um, I like, I like, <laughs> I like when people give me compliments, and I want to uh-huh. see them. Um, okay. Send us an email at sorry at big soy naturals uh, dot world dot world okay that's dot world then our merch you know, is because uh-huh. then our merch uh store because we have merch is big sway naturals dot church anyway I have... follow me follow yeah. me don't follow any anyone else don't follow uh, <laughs> the, the the podcast account just follow me and i'm on twitter i'm at commodify this if you must follow two of us then you can follow kendall also okay who is <laughs> yeah well i'm just saying like yeah I I want you to get follows and attention mm-hmm. and likes mm-hmm. and, and endorphins and et cetera. But like, if only one of us can get it, I'd like it to be me. Yeah. Fair enough. What's wrong Fair with enough. that? Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I need can answer to teach me what to think. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I'm smoking greens cause I'm on your teeth When I smoke the sea cause I'm such a fiend High as a kite smoking Walter White When I smoke the blue and I smoke the purple Smoking on the blunt cause I wanna run Smoking on the green cause it makes me lean Smoking on the ground I smoke and scream When I hit the blunt it's a paper cut When I hit the blunt I get fuck When I hit the blunt I don't give a fuck I don't wanna smoke I just wanna smoke I don't wanna smoke I just wanna smoke I don't wanna smoke I just wanna smoke I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. When I hit-
hit the pipe, I'm like Walter White. Walter. When I hit the smoke, I feel like a dope. dope. Yeah, I like green because it makes me lean. And I smoke high because I'm blowing clouds. When I'm getting high, then it's time to smoke. When I'm smoking loud, then it's time to blow clouds. When I hit the blunt, I don't give a fuck. When I hit the blunt, it's like, give a fuck. I don't want smoke, I just want smoke. 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 Big soy naturals.